0: Hello there, and welcome once again to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind. You'll be hearing uh, a little uh, more about the CCB in a minute or two, but for now, just let me say that uh, the CCB... Has a Peterborough chapter, as you know, and if you want even more information about the CCB, you can send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, we have a, a busy uh, hour together. October is Cybersecurity Month, and we will be delving into that fairly extensively. But to begin with, this is also time for thinking, well, yes, thinking about Christmas. Leslie Yi, who is the chair of the Peterborough chapter of the CCB, is here to chat with us uh, about uh, how to get a poinsettia for our fundraising, our current fundraising project. Well, hi there, Leslie, and welcome back to the program. Thank you. And I hear that uh, the poinsettia sale is on again now that it's November.
1: Yeah, already we're getting close to our close to our Christmas holiday. Yeah.
0: Before we, before we talk about that, though, um, just in case there's somebody listening that doesn't uh, realize the difference between CNIB and CCB, uh-huh. and I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I sort of feel like I have to keep hammering this home so that people won't, uh, won't come to the wrong conclusion,
1: yeah, can, can oh, I, I agree with you.
0: Can you uh, tell us the difference between uh, the CCB and CNIB? So the CNIB um, is an
1: organization, both organizations actually work with people with vision loss. But the CNIB is, is related now to our health system. So your doctor or optometrist uh, can recommend you to the CNIB if you are currently going through some vision loss in order to get some additional help, like orientation and mobility specializing and helping you learn to use a white cane. It could be types of sunglasses that work for you or magnifiers. So they give you that sort of help. There is also peer support help, vision Mate help, things like that, where they have volunteers helping people. What the Canadian Council of the Blind does is we have individual chapters in cities wherever a person with vision loss would like to start a chapter, and the chapters are
0: So the, the CCB is run more by people with vision loss, and CNIB uh, is uh, uh, managed by people who happen to get hired.
1: Yes, yeah. exactly, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the CCB, I mean, all of our members are volunteers. You're a volunteer member, but then you volunteer to do things within your
2: own chapter. Yeah. There are no paid jobs within the CCB at a chapter
1: level, no. and um, you're correct. The CNIB, all those positions are paid positions, and they're offering, which is
0: partly to why they also now go through the health system as mm-hmm. well, because they're directly linked
1: to rehabilitation for persons with vision loss.
0: Okay, and so Peterborough definitely has a chapter of the CCB, and uh, what sort of activities do uh, does the chapter engage in? Oh, we quite a bit, actually, mm-hmm. so um, if we weren't in the midst of COVID-19, we'd be doing a lot yes. Uh What well,
1: we do have our monthly meetings. We have a coffee social afternoon. We do blind curling, which unfortunately is cancelled, um, for this season only. Mm-hmm. And we've done in the past, we've gone bowling, and we've done other kind of physical activities, of, whether it's walking, walking, um, a path along little lake or uh, trying to get out for some activities. So we've done a lot of things like that. Mm-hmm. We also have our From the Blind, For the Blind program that is ongoing as well right now, and that's our lending library of visual aids that we have. And we've been very fortunate to receive some really good donations towards that. Mm-hmm. We've been able to pass along visual aids to people that, uh, need them, and perhaps weren't in a position to purchase them for themselves, or just want to try something new before purchasing. So um, that's doing really well. And of course, we have Insight Peterborough with yes. yourself, Devin, to help uh, spread the word about all things about uh, all things accessible. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. So um, we have that that we sponsor, and uh, it's doing. Too So um, I know we have planned for 2021, we're going to be planning a games social afternoon, hopefully monthly as well. Mm-hmm. And we're in the process of purchase, purchasing several games that are both large print and have Braille so that everybody can participate together yes. in many of these types of games. So,
0: And we've often, well, at least once a year, except for this past year, made a trip to uh, Candleford.
1: Yeah, yeah, everyone loves that oh, one. Yeah. So it's for chocolate and baking and cheese. <laughs> yes. So we visit all those places, and then we generally have a lunch at a local restaurant as well. And it is a lot of fun. Everybody really enjoys that. Yes. And the other thing we normally do every year is a Christmas party too, which unfortunately this year we won't be able to have an in-person Christmas party. So um, that's something that we get just to let all of our members out, too, and often a partner or two as well, because um, they're always welcome to the Christmas party. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So you were, before Christmas, though, you are embarking on uh, what has become an annual fundraiser, and that's the sale of uh, poinsettias. Do you want to tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so we uh, we order our poinsettias from Brecker's Gardens, and they do this fundraiser for any charity or not-for-profit each year. It's the only fundraiser that they specialize in themselves. They grow the poinsettias themselves in their own greenhouses and supply them to us, and they have quite a variety of sizes and styles and colors. So we actually sell a six-inch poinsettia, and it comes in red, pink, or white. We sell it for $10. We have an 8 inch poinsettia pot, which is in red, pink, white, and it's also tricolored for $20. And then there's two planters. The so one is a round 11 inch planter, and it has a red poinsettia with mixed greens. It sells for 25 And the larger planter, it's a 12 inch oval tin. Uh, also with mixed greens and a red poinsettia for $30. And those are beautiful. If you'd like a nice centerpiece for a dining room table, mm-hmm. for example, those the 11-inch round or the 12-inch oval tin, if you have a long table, they look really, really nice. And we've had some wonderful um, feedback from people about our poinsettias that they last until you know March or April, um, the flowers do. They're very healthy, mm-hmm. and we've been very happy with them in the past years.
0: That's great. So how, how can people uh, connect with um, someone selling these poinsettias?
1: Yeah, you can actually connect with me directly at ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. If you just send me an email, then I can respond back. You can send me your phone number, or I can we can talk through email. Mm-hmm. I can take an order for anybody. We can arrange payment through a cash or check, or I will also accept, uh, be able to accept e-transfers. Mm-hmm. So if anybody would like to just pay for it that way too. Uh, we know with COVID-19, it's really hard to, you know, uh, get together sometimes, so yeah. e-transfers are possible. And for delivery, we can deliver um, to people or we can arrange pickup, which is here at my home. So, uh, again, I can do that one-on-one with people as well, so whatever they're comfortable with. Okay. That's great. We, uh, I will mention, too, we're keeping the delivery and uh, the receiving of the poinsettias. There's a very minimal amount of people doing that. So we're, we're keeping it. Low, so that there's not a lot of
0: transaction with the plants and other people. Right. Um, So just to try to keep
1: everything as safe as possible for for everybody that's getting a plant or picking one up.
0: Yeah. Um, So when will these be uh, uh, available for uh, either pickup or delivery?
1: Right. We have our delivery scheduled for Thursday, November 26th. So we'll be able to do some
0: deliveries, um, possibly Thursday afternoon and definitely Friday. Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. Um, So um, I guess our CCB members selling uh, these as well? Yeah. So if you know someone that belongs
1: or is part of CCB, please reach out to them. Uh, every member has access to the information in the forms. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure, um, just send an email my way, ccbpeterborough at gmail.com and we can make arrangements that way too.
0: Alright, terrific. Is there anything else I should be asking you about?
1: Um, I don't think so. I I, I think um Yeah, just if if anybody is is interested in in purchasing a plant instead of going to a store to purchase plants this year, they make great housewarming gifts as well. If you are going to send a plant to somebody or a family member, it's a nice way to do it as well, and then you're supporting a local not-for-profit at the same time. All the funds that we raise from any of our fundraisers stay within our chapter here in Peterborough, so they do do go towards... Uh, helping those with vision loss, our members, and our from the blind po- for the blind program isn't just for our members; it's for anyone in our community that has vision loss. So we um, we're happy
2: to support that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, anyone wanting to get in touch uh, should uh, first uh, email you at, uh, ccbpeterborough at gmail.com and you'll uh, set them. On their way, right, to whoever they should be talking to?
1: Yeah, if they want to talk to someone specifically, I can always make that connection for them as well.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, good luck with the uh, sale. I hope things go well for CCB Peterborough, just like they have in previous years. Yeah, thank you, Devin. The other day, I was chatting with somebody from... CCB, our chapter, here in uh, Peterborough, and she was telling me that one of our other members had inadvertently locked himself out of his iPad, and uh, no one seemed to know just what to do. So, I thought, well, maybe that's a terrific thing to talk to Kim Kilpatrick about, seeing that we're going to be at the beginning of November. So I uh, called her and uh, mentioned it to her, and she thought that we could get lots of information. So this is our monthly get-together with Kim, and uh, she has all sorts of information for us. So here we are again, uh, uh, Kim, at the uh, beginning of uh November, A new month. Uh, I I don't know where the time goes, but uh, uh, we have to keep uh, catching up with it, don't don't we? Yeah, and we've had
3: a time change uh, now. Yes. We've gotten it through that. Mm Mm-hmm. A fall back time change.
0: That's right, Mm -hmm. yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: So, yes, yes, where does the time go? It just seems to go so fast. I know, yeah. Uh, So, the other day... Uh, Someone was telling me that another blind person here in Peterborough uh, couldn't use his iPad uh, at the moment because he had forgotten the password to get into it. So we thought it might be a good thing for us to talk about passwords. Uh, I know I, I don't like them because I haven't, well, I have kind of established a way of, i keeping track of mine, but um, just writing it down when I should is another um, situation altogether. How do you manage your passwords, Kim?
3: Well, passwords is a great topic because I can't begin to tell you the number of times we've gotten calls or we've been helping people and they said, oh, I need to log in, you know, to my email and I'm trying to get, you know, into Dropbox or I'm trying to get into... Facebook or whatever, and then they say they don't remember their password, and they try one, and it doesn't—not the right one. And so, absolutely, passwords. I guess the first thing is do not do a password that's like one two three four five six or yeah zero 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 zero. You know, A B C D E F G or something because apparently a lot of people do that, and. It, it can be a big problem if someone is able to, you know, to hack in. Like think if he had the password 1234 on his iPad, you know, someone could try it and they could get in. They could have his, you know, his, his email, his account, like, you know, they could have everything in someone's system. So it's really important to do password, have them, but it's really tricky first of all to pick something that you can remember, that you can also enter easily for you in whatever way and that you can um, and that you can keep track of. So I don't I do a few things. One thing because I'm a braille user, I tend to braille my passwords out mm-hmm. and even credit card numbers also like credit card numbers, credit card numbers, um, OHIP number, like different numbers that you may have to give people, like your social insurance number. You don't want to have that lying around that someone can, you know, you don't want to have a word file that says, Devin's social insurance number is blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. Because you know? someone yeah. could hack your computer and they could have everything. Sure. So I usually do browse them out. So mm-hmm. I, I got a bunch of those index cards, like recipe cards, you know, like from staples or wherever, card stuff. So they're a bit thicker. They're a little bit thinner than Braille paper, but they're thicker than, than just paper
0: paper. Yeah, yeah.
3: And I Braille them on there. I Braille passwords on there and keep them in a little tiny binder that I found that fits them, you know, like it kind of fits them in...
0: That's right. That way, I
3: have them all in there, and I figure, like a blind person, yeah, they might be able to read them. If there was a blind <laughs> criminal or something, but otherwise, no one would, uh, no one would be able to get at them. So I try to do it as soon as I create it, if possible. Because that's a good idea. I know what you mean. Like you create one, you oh, of course I'm going to remember that, and then the next thing you know,
0: yeah, what in the world
3: was that? I don't know what it, it was. So that's one thing I do. Um, One thing, some people also, I do put them in my Apple keychain. So on your iPhone, you have something called keychain, which is like a password um, protected file. Mm -hmm. So if you turn it on, um, it's going to put them in there. And they say that that is really quite safe because... Apple keeps it quite safe. hmm So if you start to type something in, there's a button above your keyboard that says passwords and you can pick your password to put in there, but in order to do that you have to use touch ID, face ID or your passcode. So like, you know, you you have to you have to know your actual passcode for yeah. getting into your phone or your iPad. Yeah. Into that. But that is that is quite safe. Um I, I also some people use password managers, so um, I don't really. I just use my keychain and the and the Braille the Braille thing. But one password is supposed to be really accessible, and so all you have to remember is like your major pass, like one password to get into that yeah. system, and you can store them all in there. And supposedly that's pretty safe. So there are people who use that. Um, some people do put it in a file, uh, but they lock the file. Oh, yeah. So in Notes, you can lock a file in Notes, and then you need your, your iPhone password or your Face ID or your Touch ID to get in. Oh. You can do that. I don't uh, I do not do that. I'm, I'm a bit scared of, you know, even that, people getting in. I, I kind of like my... My Braille way. I heard of someone who said they recorded them on their Victor stream. Oh. So they would uh, they would have little notes, you know, for different passwords, and they would, they would put them on their Victor stream. You know, like read out their credit yes. card number or their password for whatever. And for some people, that works that works okay for them, you know. Like if they don't know well, and they you know they just want to use audio. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, it's important to think of a good system for you uh, with your passwords. And some people think of ways of choosing their passwords that yes. are relevant to them. Sometimes I make my passwords um, related to Braille characters,
1: okay. sort of.
3: So I remember that, but a lot of people wouldn't know. No. No. Uh, or related to, like, things you would know, but other people wouldn't maybe know. Yeah. Um, like, if you sign your email, Devin and Frankie, so your dog's name is Frankie, I wouldn't make your passcode, like, Frankie.
0: No. no.
3: surely. But you could make it one of your very first guide dogs or, yeah. I don't know, like, the, your first teacher's name or something that's, you might know that other people might not know. Right. Um, it's good to 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 create your
0: password. Is it a good? I sorry. No, no. no, go ahead. Is it a good thing to use the same password for several devices?
3: Um, for your devices, I think you can. For accounts, they tell you not to use the same password for, say, Dropbox and Facebook and your emails you know because if someone got one if they got them all then that's not good but I think for your device like I think for your pin code for your computer if you lock your computer or your your eye devices I think if, if it's one you know and you, you're gonna remember it I don't I don't see there being a problem I've done that before where I've used the same passcode for my for my phone. I guess the trick is um, when people are new to a device, so say your friend's iPad, for example,
1: mm-hmm.
3: it takes a while to get used to how to do the password. you know, like it yes. Yeah. So when you're new with it, that's hard in itself. So a lot of people at first, they they don't turn it on because they think, well, I'm already just trying to get used to this phone, so I'm not going to... Also mess with the, you know, the passwords.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
3: they'll leave it off, which is which is okay, I think, at the beginning. But once you start to get into having more things on your phone, so say you do have a Facebook account on your phone, say you, especially if you have Apple Pay on your phone, mm-hmm. something where you're using your phone or your banking app, or. You know, once you start to get into using it more, I would really suggest that people do put the passcode on their phone because, and the the fingerprint ID or the face ID, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: um, if they have that availability. And I worried a lot about face ID um, when I first heard of it because I thought, oh, how's a blind person going to do that? It's not, you know, it's not going to work like this. Yeah, finger is better. Like I, I do like the fingerprint better, but the face works. And even um, my laptop has it now, and, oh. and it says looking for you, and then found you. Like I don't notice that it doesn't find me. Oh yeah, I would recommend um, that you do it, and that you, you know, you don't be afraid of um, face ID
0: or touch ID uh, if you're using that. Do you use that? No, I don't. Yeah. Um, I know we tried, when I first got my phone, um, we tried to do the fingerprint, but for some reason it wouldn't register. I don't know why not. Oh,
3: I've heard of that with people that play guitar Oh. Um, a couple times. And I've heard of it with, someone told me they were diabetic and they were doing a lot of... Um,
0: Fingerprinting. Like,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. said, I wonder if that's why my finger doesn't register. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I know we tried several times to do it, and it just wouldn't work for some reason.
3: But you're able to do your passcode okay and everything, right?
0: I haven't got one yet.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I know. I'm bad.
3: So on I i think you can have a four or a six digit. It used to just be four. Okay. Um. So you can pick a four. I yeah. have a six now. Like, I took a six-digit after a while when I got really used to it. But you can – I think you can have a four. And I have a four on my laptop, like a four-digit passcode on my laptop. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I set that up. I guess laptops more than desktops. I guess they ask you for those when you're setting it up, and so I did. Yeah. Um, and that seems to work okay. It has a – it has a fingerprint that doesn't work very well, but the, the passcode always. You know,
0: mm-hmm. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah.
0: Any any other um, precautions people should uh, take with regard to passwords? Well, I wouldn't share them with
3: people unless um, there's a really good reason to do that. Like. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, find me and my password is whatever. Like, it's possible. Like, if you really trust it in someone, your family member that you're with. But, you know, if you sometimes hear stories about people, you know, getting people's passwords and
0: yes, you know,
3: doing things, like posting things. Or, But the other thing, and, and I know this has become... Uh, a concern in the last several years is if someone dies or they're in a bad accident, other people can't get into their device, right? So yeah. Um, it's possible that you might want to let a family member know um, where your passwords are if they're if they're printed or maybe what your password is to get into your phone. If yes. Yeah. Something happened to you, and you, you know, like they need your email to tell your workers Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That you're that you're in the hospital or something happened because you hear about people that, you know, that their social media accounts are still active and the family members want to get access to them and let people know, but they don't know how to log in and they can't. Right. Understand companies saying, "I'm sorry, I'm not giving you that," but at the same time. You know, of all the things we used to think about when we were thinking about grieving and mourning people and also, um, you know, dealing with someone who's all of a sudden, you know, been hit by a car or something. Yes. Now it's added to it is, oh, your device. And, like, how in the world, okay, how is someone going to get access to the things they need in your device? So yeah. um, it might be something to think about, with. Trusted people, like maybe write it down for someone and say, listen, you know,
0: that's
3: right for my, uh, for my device. And the other thing with us, though, of course, so for me, on my iPhone, I have voiceover on and I have screen curtain on. So, voiceover is the screen reader, and screen curtain makes that um, screen black so other people can't see it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I
3: leave that on all the time, partly because I don't want someone in public, you know, looking, looking at what's on my phone, and I don't know how close people are or yeah. you know, where to, and I don't need it either, so no. I leave it on. Yeah. But that means that if someone did try to access my phone, is going to come on and the screen is going to be black, and so <laughs> they have to remember that they have to say, turn voiceover off, before they can actually, like a sighted person, could actually get in
0: there. Yes. Yeah. Um,
3: that that that's in a way another safety thing. Yeah, that's good. Someone stole my phone. Like they would think my phone isn't working because using it with the screen reader is is different, right? Then yes. The gestures are different, and the way you do it, and then the screen would be black. Remember the name, but they they both have it now, so yeah. you can actually do that on your P, on your PC as well. So again, like if if it comes on and the voice is talking and people are typing and <laughs> they can't see anything, they'll think the computer is, is dead or the eye device is dead or the phone is dead. Yeah. So um, that's another thing to keep in mind. Too, if you are giving your information to somebody. Um, just remind them that you're using the accessibility, you know, features. And yes, and so that that's another. That's, I think that's another safeguard for us. I actually think of it as not a bad thing. You yeah, know? that's if right. Someone stole my phone; they would think it was totally broken, and mm-hmm. then they might just leave it alone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think it's a good idea to change passwords every once in a while?
3: To do that, um, I think it is a good idea. But to be honest with you, I don't tend to do that myself. No. But they do say that it's a good idea to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't remember to do it. Yeah. And I don't, and I, and then I would get mixed up as okay, what is it now? Like what was it before? <laughs> what is it? Yes. What is it now? You know? Yeah. Um. So, but they do recommend it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think for the code for unlocking your device, though, I don't think you need to change that. But they do recommend it for, um, I don't know, like different accounts that you might worry about getting, yeah, getting hacked into or something like that. Right. But I haven't heard of people doing that for their phone or their devices. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you need to really do that. All right. um, so did, you don't know if this person got. Um, Oh, that's the other thing I'll say. So if you, I know on an iDevice, and I don't know what happens on a computer, but I know on an iDevice, if you put in too many attempts,
0: oh yes. it
3: locks it. And it, at first it'll lock it for five minutes, and then it'll lock it for 30 minutes, and then, like, you know what I mean, it's going to yeah extend the length of time. And I think there's a setting in your iDevice that says after 10 failed attempts, like, just wipe the device, like, totally get rid of everything in case someone did wow. to steal it. Yes. I don't remember what that setting is, but I think it is there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a good thing in terms of stealing it, but it's a bad thing, like, if you're trying to get in, and then I think it's pretty difficult. Like, you can call Apple Support Accessibility, but then they might... You know, talk you through it, but it's
0: it's a pain if you if you
3: totally forget it. You
0: know that. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thank you yes. very much. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what we'll talk about for December, but uh, and if anyone has any suggestions, once again, you can uh, email me at insightpeterborough at gmail and. Um, People can find you. Kim, what's the best way of getting in touch with you again? Oh, people
3: can email me at program at gmail.com, or you can call the Canadian Council of Blind 800 number and get me, so 877 3040968
0: Okay. Terrific. Well, thanks again for uh, chatting with us, Kim. Well, thank you for this. Okay, and we'll see you in early December.
3: December, yes. Maybe we'll have to talk about shopping or something. Yes, yeah, that's
0: a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, oh. thank you very much. Thank you. Now, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the program, October is Cybersecurity Month. So I thought it might be a good idea for us to really delve into the situation, so I chatted with Ian Thompson, who works uh, in the uh, Cybersecurity uh, Department for Trent University. Well, hi, Ian, and welcome to the program.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. It's nice.
0: Now I understand that you uh, work at Trent University in in cybersecurity. Is yes, that it? I'm,
2: yeah, I'm the uh, the manager of uh, cybersecurity and client outreach in the IT department at the university.
0: Okay, that's terrific. We've got the uh, definitely the right fellow to talk to about cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. So, what do you suggest to people first when when they are getting into Using computers and that sort of thing. Um, what do you suggest as as uh, protective measures?
2: Yeah, um, I, th- that's a really interesting question because as we you know we see on the news so much about this topic and and just you know how often it comes up. And I think the biggest message that I have for people is that the, the technology alone can't totally defend you. Um, a lot of what we see is, you know, they're tricks, they're scams and tricks, and they're just coming through the computer. Um, but they're not, they're not really, you know, very technical scams. It's more about trying to trick you into doing something, like clicking a link uh, or, you know, entering your personal information online. So. The most important thing that I would say to, to uh, everybody listening is that you, you have to be sort of aware of what these issues are, learn how to spot them, um, because the technology itself can't always, you know, it, it doesn't always do the greatest job of uh, picking out those those scams that are more social.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so I think that's probably the biggest. That said, there's lots of great products out there on the market, and it doesn't necessarily hurt to have... Um, a good virus scanner or, or a, good, um, a good malware scanner on your device. I think that's still very important. But mostly it's, it's being aware of the tricks and the scans that are out there, because I think those are the ones who think that can really hurt you uh, financially.
0: Yes. I have, um, I'm, I we do get a lot of, of spam, and right now I have something that comes through almost every day that's admin, and it doesn't really say who it's from, so I'm I'm uh, kind of leery of checking out, even clicking on those emails.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing with email, for sure, is that. Um, it's really easy to make it look like it's from anybody you want. I mean, yeah. that, that's really trivial uh, to do that. So a lot of the times they try to fake the email to make it look like it's from somebody important or from, you know, your system administrator to try and get you to open it. Um, when in reality, it's, it's really just a scam trying to get you to click a link or, or something that's not legitimate at all.
0: Yes, do you think it's a good idea for people to do such things as banking and shopping online?
2: Yeah, I, I, I absolutely. I mean, I bank online and shop online myself. And, and the banks and the, the large uh, companies have done a really good job at trying to keep things safe. Um, what you want to be aware of is, is um, you know, uh, Risky behavior, like entering your credit card or your personal information on, you know, outside of sort of the mainstream websites. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, um, knowing the the banks are actually really great at giving you security tips. So reading those and making sure you're not, you know, uh, entering it into some other website that's not like your bank but looks like it. Yeah. If you're if you're actually using like the bank's website or Amazon.com, those are all very safe and very well protected.
0: Okay, that's good to hear. Um, this close to the shopping season, absolutely. Yeah, Black shopping. Friday's coming up. So yes, I that's We're for sure. all shopping online a little bit more now that the pandemic's,
2: uh, you know, so so uh, once again uh, troubling us all. So yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I understand there are also uh, schemes like uh, phishing schemes that yeah. people should be careful of.
2: Yeah, phishing is where they try and send you an email that looks like it's from a legitimate source,
1: ah. but what they're trying to get you to do is click on a link um, and either give up your
2: password, which of course they can use yes. uh, to break into some of your sites, um, or to install something on your computer that could, you know, potentially hijack it. So, yes. um, yeah. Very, very common.
0: Um, I think uh, I read a statistic somewhere that said that uh, fishing was up 200% since the start of the pandemic. Oh my goodness, that's yeah, awful! So, so quite a
2: sizable increase for sure.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, not long ago, I got an email from somebody uh, out in Fresno, California, and uh, she wanted uh, in the email. It said. Uh, I wondered if you could pick up some uh, greeting cards for me. Well, that was just so out of character. And how was I going to get them to her in Fresno, California, when I'm here in Peterborough, Ontario? So um, I wrote to a a mutual acquaintance and said to her, do you know if Tony is, is okay you know, uh, she's uh, got everything together, does she? Uh, she wouldn't want me to be picking up greeting cards, would she? And uh, Jill told me I should just delete the whole thing. So, uh, And I also received uh, an email from uh, a, a mutual acquaintance uh, for you and me, that being Andrew, the uh, president of our amateur radio club. And uh, he said uh, in the email, which he didn't send, of course, that he needed money. So I think we have to be careful of those things too, don't we?
2: Oh, absolutely. And and those are both very common schemes. Um, In in the first one with with the greeting cards, what had happened was that person probably had their own email broken into. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the scammers do that because they think it's going to be a lot more believable if it comes from someone you know. They don't have to try and think. Um, in Andrew's case, it's it's really easy to figure out who the president of the club is,
0: because I, I, I would bet that information is just publicly listed on a website somewhere. Yes, it is, yeah. So it's, it's really easy for the
2: scammers to get access to this kind of information, and, and it's all about trying to make the scam seem more believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's just.
2: Yeah. Like, sorry. No, I was just going to say it's really interesting. I mean, it's terrible that they have to do these these kinds of things uh, to us. But uh,
0: from a professional point of view, it's it's quite interesting to see the the lengths that they go to. Yes. It is too bad that they waste time on things that won't continue to to bring them satisfaction instead of turning their minds to more um, creative uh, activities. Yeah,
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of these scams actually have origins in um, things like uh, organized crime or they come from areas of the world that are, uh, you know, very criminal uh, um, criminal uh, culture. Yes. places, You know, where crime rates are a lot of high. Uh, sorry, that's what I was trying to say. Um, so, uh, yes, it's very unfortunate um, that, you know, that, that these scams propagate from these areas. But that also is what makes them so hard to police. Um, given the international aspect of
0: them. Yes. Let's stay with computers for a minute, like desktops and laptops. And um, are there any uh, products or virus-detecting websites that you would suggest or recommend to people to install? Yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of great products out there that, that do this, and
2: they're, they're sort of the big names that you might expect. Uh, that you see online, M- McAfee and Norton and Trend Micro and so are all uh, big name brands. What I like to do and it might actually save your listeners some, some money is, is I like to shop around uh, for a lot of those big players, watch what comes over in, in the Black Friday sale or the Boxing Day sale and find one of the ones that you know gives you 5 or 10 copies of it for a low price mm. and then you can sort of pool with your family or your friends and you can all get protected at a really, really, really good price. So, yeah. But technology-wise, they're all fairly similar. They all do uh, fairly. It's
0: kind of like asking people what, what, whether they prefer PCs or Macs. You know, very varied <laughs> opinions on either side. Yeah, sure. Um, but they, but they all, they all work uh, quite well uh, along those mainstream. And if you watch out for the sales and the multi packs, you can usually get some good protection at a really good price. Oh, that's good. And what about um, protective uh, websites for um, smart devices? Mm-hmm. Are, are they similar to Norton and McAfee and that sort of things? Yeah, some of the uh,
2: some of those those multi packs would actually uh, come with uh, protection for your mobile devices, oh. your tablets, and those kinds of things. Although most of the time, those are a little bit less. To the same kind of malware that we see with PC, uh, just because you have to go to like an app store to be able to download something. But mm-hmm. so I would say if, if you know if you're concerned, um, and you can look for one of those uh, products that come with a bundle. If you do get one,
0: it's a good thing to install. Uh, but definitely your, your PC, your, your Mac, your laptop is really where you want to focus your protection on. Yes. Okay. And uh, what uh, is your opinion on password management? Oh, yes, password management is so important um, because, um, you know, the reuse of
2: passwords has has made it all the more easy for uh, the the scammers and the hackers to try and get one password and uh, get into multiple accounts. So I think a password management tool like uh, LastPass is, is a really great password management tool. Mm-hmm. What it does is it creates a vault of your passwords, and it sets them uh, randomly for you. So every site that you go to has a different password, but it automatically fills them in for you on your computer. Ah. So that's a great thing to do. Um, but if you're not going to do that, because that can be a bit of a jump uh, technically. It takes you a little while to get used to it. Mm-hmm what I kind of recommend to people on the lower end of that is have um, categories of passwords. So maybe I have one password for things like my online banking and my CRA and, you know, all those super important services. And then I have another password uh, that's completely different for online shopping and, you know, uh, social media. And then I have another uh, password for, for things that I really, you know, really don't have a lot of information about me. Mm-hmm. And really what you're trying to do there is just compartmentalize in case one of those things gets, um, gets broken into and that password gets stolen. It doesn't really affect some of the, uh, the more important
0: stuff. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. Where, where do you, if they don't use something like uh, LastPass, um, where do you suggest storing passwords? Yeah, my, my parents uh, still have all their passwords in a little book by the nightstand. Oh. <laughs> and from a technical perspective,
2: I mean, that's pretty safe, right? Um, yeah, that's so, true. You, know, you have to worry about something like that being physically stolen, but, um, you know, uh, that, that's not a bad way to, to do it either. Certainly from the technology side, um, the more
0: that you – the more the different passwords you have, the better. Yes, and, uh, I don't imagine you suggest, uh, passwords like, uh, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> no, actually, I, uh, I teach part-time at Fleming and we
2: actually do exercises where we try to uh, crack those, those types of passwords. And anything numerical or based on a dictionary word oh, yeah. uh, can be cracked relatively quickly within, within a, an hour, certainly. Yeah. Um, so what I recommend always is, you know, random series of, of numbers and letters and special characters. Yeah. One good trick, if you're if you're really stuck to try and remember passwords, is think of a line from your favorite song okay. and make that your password because it it really gives you a lot of length, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's one thing being sort of strung together, so it's not a dictionary word,
0: right? And then you'd probably have to stick a couple of digits somewhere in the middle. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, to make sure you're, you're satisfying those complexity requirements. Maybe just something as simple as an exclamation mark at the end or a, um, a, a number instead of spelling out the words like number fours of F-O-U-R.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Uh, any other tips uh, that you might like to pass along?
2: I think uh, I think just just again just being aware of what's out there and, and putting things in context. You know, you mentioned that that scam with um, with your friend with the, the greeting card. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just sort of being aware of context is really key. You know, would my bank really want me to click on this? Does this person really want me to do this? Um, I call it think before
0: you click. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to remember it. Yes, definitely trying to avoid that major reaction sometimes can, can really save you a lot of headache yeah sure uh-huh. yeah. Uh, not too long ago I got a an email saying that someone had been hurt in a, another country and uh, could I send uh, or wire some money to uh, help that person get back to Canada so instead of uh, doing that, I checked with other mutual friends, and he wasn't out of the country, and he certainly wasn't injured. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, very common. Yeah, uh, those, those kinds of scams. They'll they'll really they'll try anything to try and get and it. Most of the time, it's money is what they're after. So. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the calls that you get uh, about there's something wrong with your computer uh, definitely. So- just hang up,
2: right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, any of those ones, I mean, I, I've, C-R- C.R.A., I'm not, you can't see if I'm making air quotes. Um, <laughs> they called me and told me I'm going to jail so many times, you know. Oh, yes. Microsoft says there's something wrong with
0: your computer or Google. They don't call. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, yeah, just hang up on, on all of those. You know, if it doesn't yep.
2: sound right, chances are it's not.
0: No, that's right. And there's really no sense in uh, trying to continue the conversation with them or anything like uh, try to um, pull a gag of your own either because it's only just a waste of time, isn't it?
2: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they have banks of these and call centers that just do this sort of all day long. So, I mean, you can waste a little bit of their time, but uh, ultimately it's not going to really help you very much.
0: No. Well, thank you very much for chatting with us. Uh, I think um, going over this every once in a while is a really good idea, and I appreciate the fact that uh, you agreed to uh, chat with us about that.
2: No, no problem. Thank you for having me. It was uh, was great to spread a little bit of knowledge
0: and a little bit of awareness uh, with all of your listeners today. Okay, that's great. Well, that just about does another edition of Insight Peterborough. I do want to take a minute, though, to remind you once again that I would really like to do a special on the medical use of cannabis. So, if you have tried it and you liked it and you continue to use it, maybe you would send me an email let me know that, and we'll get in touch and do a very short interview. If you tried it and don't didn't like it, maybe you could do the same and let me know why you didn't like it. Did you have any adverse effects? So, uh, once again, the email address is insightpeterborough at gmail.com insightpeterborough at gmail.com and that does bring our uh, episode today to a close thanks so much for listening be good to yourselves this week and we'll talk soon bye for now